Hi, welcome to Random Acts of Conversation. This is Mo and Scott, your hosts, brought to you live with Dave, the producer. It's live. I don't know. Is it live? <laughs> if you like the show, we encourage you to please subscribe to it on iTunes, and you can also like us on our Facebook page. If you have any comments or suggestions for future shows or comments about past shows, please email us at racpodcast at gmail.com. Hi, Scott. Hi, Mel. <laughs> How you doing? Hungry. I'm hungry too. <laughs> Why are you hungry? I'm cleansing. Yeah, cleansing. You want to talk about it? No, okay. I, I had to. I, I Kate's family came in town. I ate everything. Mm-hmm. The Polish, the Polish, um, food. All the Polish food you can eat. Yeah, I guess you could say. So Polish food is fattening. My grandmother. Used to, well, my dad's 100% Polish, so his mom obviously is too, and she used to dip everything in grease. No, it's not. I don't even know that it's entirely unhealthy. There's just so much of it. There is. They, Polish people like to eat. Yeah. My grandma used to say, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. She didn't say it like that. But. Yeah, but I like, at, from all these years, I've gained or garnered a reputation of eating everybody's leftovers. Oh. So Kate's grandmother is 96 years old, and anytime somebody has anything left on their plate, she tells them to give it to me. And then you eat it? I can't let her down. You can't? <laughs> no, because you're competitive. <laughs> I'm not competitive. <laughs> As we say every single episode. I had to start back to work today for the first time in a week and a half. Yeah. It was rough, and so I'm starving because the day got away from me, and I didn't eat, so now I'm a little grumpy. How are the kids today? They're fine, actually. A few people that, you know, I got to do actual counseling with, which is always nice. But it's funny. I was talking to um, an adult person, not a colleague, but an adult about just general, about like general things, like basic current events or whatnot. And they, they're like, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I don't want to do any of that. And um, I got to thinking, is ignorance really bliss? Yes. Explain. Oh, I... It's it's how I feel about politics. Well, no, ge- I'm just talking generally, not not necessarily politics. Well, what do you? What I don't do you, know, like anything. Can you think of anything else? What do you mean? I don't know. You um, gotta define yourself a little bit more than that. Like it, it's such a blanket statement. I know I- it is. Ignorance in what? Ignorance. I don't know. Ignorance about how people feel about you. Oh, absolutely. That's bliss. <laughs> yeah. Why though? Like, wouldn't you want to know how people feel about you? No. Do you not care? I, no, it's not that. I think everybody cares at some point. People always say they don't care. But they do. It's the, a lie. The people that say it the most care the most. I guess. But I, I'd rather not know any. I do. I like to know. I, 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 I would rather not know, for example, our neighborhood. I don't want to know the inner workings of it. We have a board that does all of that. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, if you have any ideas, you should you should bring it up to the board or go to the board. And, and I'm like... No, I'd rather not know what goes on. I, you know what? I, I tell you, ignorance is bliss in that way. Like, there are some things that I am sure there's a lot of drama that goes on that I don't want to know anything about. Because also, like, I like all of my neighbors, and I don't want to not like any like I just any, think there's better people for that position than myself. Probably. And so I don't want to embed myself into it. So in that case, but there's some things I do want to know what's going on, but... Yeah, that is, that is not one of them. So I, I can't use a blanket statement. Are, is there anybody that you care to know what they think about you, though, besides like Katie? Uh, and yeah, your kids? I guess. I mean, I don't know. My kids, maybe. <laughs> like, That's what I just said. Besides oh, your kids. You use that late exception. Yeah, I did. 
I don't know. I think I think uh, actions speak louder than words, so I, I can figure it out on my own. Oh. Well, okay then. So, like, what's the first impression you want to give people? Me? Yeah. Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh-uh. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what I want to give. It's what they get. Okay, that is true. Perception is reality. Right. But what is it that you want to portray to people? I'll tell you if you were successful. Uh, I'm not. Well, I can tell you Because nobody were. gets my sense of humor. I get your sense of humor. Yeah, it took you a while. Didn't take me a while. It did. And I think Kate has to walk behind everybody and say, he's just joking. Yeah, I believe she does have to do that. <laughs> so you want people, the first impression of you to be somebody with a good sense of humor? No, somebody that doesn't care as much as they think I do. I don't get that. You want to be nonchalant? Like you want people to be like, yeah? Yeah, like people think that I'm super this super intense competitive person, but it's untrue. I'm not. I really don't care as much as they think I do. Then why do people have that impression? I don't know. Somewhere along the line, <laughs> your actions must have given them that impression. No. I just think that everything that... I was a competitive soccer player, so people think that it translates into everything. I think you do turn a lot of things into competition, though. But that doesn't mean I'm competitive. It does mean you're competitive, though. <laughs> I, I, feel mean, like, I feel like this is a broken record I do, here. too. I do, too. We don't have to stay on it. Competition is fun. It is fun, but not for everybody. Some people hate competition. I don't believe that. I, I don't that some people that. really don't I, care who wins and loses, honestly. Mm. Like, I'm not one of those people because I am competitive but i think everybody cares whether or not they win or lose not not like if you're just playing like a friendly tennis match or something is one of the most laid-back people i knew no but um (laughs) if he ever admitted that he doesn't care whether or not we win or lose i think sarah would leave him oh wow well those stakes are very low (laughs) sarah doesn't uh, really she is uber competitive (laughs) sarah's uber competitive yes dave back me up when it comes to pool yeah yes Pool or ping pong? I can see Sarah is Dave's wife, Dave's wife. I could see her being competitive. I don't know how we got on competition again when we were talking about ignorance. Because you're so competitive, that's like you had to win the win. I I did, (laughs) but no, I I I choose not to. Like you're talking about first impressions. Mm -hmm. What what are you trying to give? Authenticity. Like I want on a first impression. Yeah, yeah. I want people to feel comfortable around me on my first impression. I do. I do. Really? Yeah, why are you looking at Without small talk? Doesn't small talk make people comfortable? It does. That's why I force myself into small talk. Mm. But again, just because I do small talk doesn't mean I like it. It's very hard. Yeah, but when when you're small talking somebody now that they've heard your podcast, they know that you don't like them. That's a giant leap (laughs) to assume that just because I'm small talking someone, I don't like them. You must hate them. Yes. no, I like my answer might have been different like 10, 20 years ago. Like it might have been like, oh, I want them to think I'm funny or I want them to think I'm smart. And all of those things might be true later. But first, I want them to think I'm authentic. Oh, I, I want I don't know what I want them to think. I just know that I'm really more laid back than people do think, mm. which is it's crazy to say. My wife will probably disagree with it. You're also probably more sensitive than you think. No. Mm hmm. You're always analyzing. No, I just know that you're more sensitive than you think you are, than you want to admit you are. That's untrue. No, it is. What else you got in your bag of tricks? All right, so... Monica got a new book, everybody. I got a new book, and it's like 3,000 questions to ask yourself, so I'm asking these questions. Let's see. None of them involve sports. Do you think a person can be born evil? No. You don't? (laughs) No. Are you going to bring up the nurture versus nature question? Oh, I wasn't, but I can if if it was... the same thing? No, it's not. I do think actually there are um, people, I, for the most part, you know, 99% of people are not born 
evil or not evil. It is, I think, the environment that creates a psyche and all that. But I do think that there are that small number of people that are just born with a chemical imbalance of some ha- sort. You have to say that because you're a guidance. N- no, sorry, you're a school counselor. I am, but I don't have to say that. And it's, <clears throat> you know, it's just my opinion. I think that there are some people that are born with with something that is just doesn't, off in It doesn't make them evil. It, some of them are born without the ability to feel other people's emotions. Hmm. And if you don't care or, or be empathetic at all and without empathy, you're evil. No, without empathy, <laughs> though, you're careless. And if you have like an anger, angry side and you you get violent, hmm. you know, there's a gene that people are born with that make them more of a risk taker. So why wouldn't there be a gene that people are born with that would make them evil? Hashtag science. I know. I guess somebody might dispute it because, again, I have no scientific background. I'd rather be ignorant on the subject. <laughs> Would you know? <laughs> but I do think that mo- for the most part it is the the nurture um, combined with a little bit of nature. But I think that there's it's all of the situations that we come encounter with and how we process them that make us one way or the other. Okay. Are, are you bored already? No, it's not that. It's just that, I mean, you're basically saying whomever commits a crime, it's their parents' fault. N- no, I never, that, another giant leap. You're an extremist. Did you know that about yourself? Uh, no. I'm ignorant about it. it. It is your fault. There can be reasons and the reasons don't have to be excuses. Like this is why I'm always so fascinated with people who commit the reasons murder. are The reasons are excuses. No, they're not always. Like sometimes like, okay, somebody commits a murder. Uh, they were... I don't know, they were driven to, like, they were abused all of their life. They were told they were an idiot. They were, like, all of this anger. I don't know, like, some history of something that made them snap. And they had a moment where they snapped and they had, like, passionate killing. You know, usually with a knife, it's a crime of passion because you have to be so close to them. I don't excuse the behavior. <laughs> Monica's of... creepiness is hit level 10 right now. <laughs> no, it's... Because yes, you, can't, you can't see it, but she just did, like, the stabbing gesture. <laughs> <laughs> this, I thought I saw that. <laughs> I know. She started doing the stabbing gesture as if she was like in the movie mm-hmm. or real life situation. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I am, what I'm really fascinated is with the people that snap, the people who are seemingly normal, quote unquote, people, and they snap. And there's usually a reason. And here's the thing about me I can often, not always, don't go to extremes understand the reason Mm. i don't excuse the behavior but i can understand the reason and honestly that's what partly that's why i'm i'm a good counselor though is because the reason the reason is an excuse the reason is not an excuse the reason is the reason it explains something it doesn't excuse anything though it's an excuse to the person that did it excuse is a verb reason's a noun yeah right (sighs) you're gonna try to bring english into it i know i'm I'm cleansing (laughs) i'm cleansing (laughs) cleansing english you cannot bring Brody asked me to do his math homework, help him with his math homework today. My brain's not functioning right. I'm sorry. I know my son either is functioning. It took me about homework. five minutes. This stuff's getting harder and harder. I can't even do first grade math. Oof. I know. It stinks. Yeah, that is bad. So this kind of leads me off the book and path. The, book. the word fearless, the book that I was reading. This book of questions. Jeez, you are off your Fear, game. Fearless. Fearless, is that, I feel like that's a really dumb word. Fearless? Uh Uh-huh. Why? Because it gives the illusion of shame and weakness so that if you feel fear, you feel weak. 
And I think fear is a very pure emotion. And I say this because when I was going through cancer, I used to see that word everywhere. And I got it got me really angry. Why can't I be afraid of something that might kill me? And so I think we have to be careful of saying fearless. And I think we have to be careful of saying failure is not an option. Why? Why failure is not that's, an option? That's like my family motto. Fail, but failure should be an option. <laughs> trying, not trying, is not an option. Do you want to give everybody a trophy? Too? No, I don't. I don't believe in and giving a, everyone a, a trophy. Nope. I don't believe in giving everyone a trophy or a medal. I think people I don't think need it's to be cut. wrong to say that somebody in a certain moment was fearless. If they did, it's basically describing the fact that they weren't scared, that they had no fear. What would make you think they have no fear? How would but you know? You're describing what they looked like doesn't matter what they had inside right so so if you if there was somebody uh, attack like a an animal attacking your puppy in the backyard coyote for example since we have a coyote issue in the neighborhood right and you went running out there with a the shovel not even thinking twice you had no fear because you wanted to save your dog right right it's okay to say you were fearless it's okay to say you were fearless at some given moments, but it's not okay to put the label of fearless because I'm sure it w- that was like a fight or flight situation that I would have had and it would have been fight for me, but that doesn't mean there was no element of fear in that. Yeah, but you want to eliminate the word and say the word sucks, but yet it's okay to use? Well, here, the thing is, I mean, is that if we're I don't gonna know. get like, rid of a word, let's get rid of like moist. I think, oh God. I think it's. Um, or bunt cake. Oh my God. <laughs> Why is that word? In I there? think it's better to say you appeared fearless because I don't think it's accurate to say you were. If I'm running after somebody who's a, a coyote that's attacking my dog, there's fear. I'm just not recognizing it because my need to protect my dog overpowers the fear that I feel. So you were fearless. Tempor- I wasn't. You were temporarily fearless. But I wasn't. I wasn't fearless. Yeah, you were. No, I don't think I was. And also, I think that. I don't think it's possible to be fearless in fearful situations. Why? Because it's human Again, nature. Again, you're trying to take me in circles on a cleanse day, it's but a, I think I got this one. I'm not trying to take you in circles. You're just not following my straight line. That's not a straight line. It's a crooked path. You can you can be fearless, and you're claiming that you cannot I mean, at you any can, time. You can be fearless, like walking across the street okay. i'm talking about faced with something that's fearful getting up in front of a group and public speaking like for instance i love public speaking i would love to do it for a living i am scared to death every time i'm up there but i do a good job once i do yeah, it Yeah, but don't you think they use it as a descriptive word to kind of show to to basically let everybody know you looked as if you were fearless no. it's, it's implied I think that it I don't gives, think people are implying that you seriously have no fear. I think that it does imply that. I think mm, I think I, there's subliminal messages to I our think language. That's your subliminal. No, message. I don't think so. And it's the same thing with uh, failure is not an option. It really makes you feel as if like if you don't succeed, then you are a failure by definition. If failure, I mean, like that's not okay. Ooh, I mean, I think people say that majority of times that people say failure is not an option i don't think they're 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 taking it literal i think that's where you're a little bit incorrect there Mm -mm. i think when somebody says yes no i'm right see you you claim as if (laughs) you're taking it as if when when i say to my kids failure is not an option that if this kid fails um he out (laughs) he out the family Right? No. No. What we're trying That's to we're trying to say is again. they have to do whatever they they can to ensure that they don't fail, and if they do, we'll deal with that later. That's I mean that's you gotta you gotta teach them to persevere. 
well, that's different than telling them that failure is not an option. You could say lack of effort is not an option. Holy cow, is, do you live a literal life? No, I don't live. But here's the message I give to Jacob. I mean, We're, you live a literal... If you're offended by failure is not an option. I th- Working with a bunch of adolescents... And I see it day to day, this anxiety that they have, the feeling that a bee is a failure. We have to stop our stop it somewhere. And it has to start with the language we say. We can't just throw out failure is not an option and expect that a bunch of adolescents are going to understand what that means. And and I get what you're saying. I do. And I know that there's like all of these nuances to our language and we should understand that as an adult. But I'm thinking when we speak to our kids, like for Jacob, I, I say, you know, I just want you to try your hardest. If you try your hardest, that's what I'm OK with. I, we never use the word failure. We never use the word like like that. But don't you think that's like the argument there is that our kids are getting too soft? No, absolutely. Just go out there and try your darndest. Try your hardest because it's not OK to not try your hardest. Like, yeah, that but to how me do is they failure. But how do they know to get to get further? Like to them, this might be their hardest. Right. Yeah. And if they know in their in their brain, if they know, okay, mom said that all I got to do is try my hardest. And they think that, let's say, 10 is their hardest. Number 10 is their hardest, right? Mm-hmm. But you know as a parent that if you said something other than, hey, just try your hardest, you might get a 15 from them. Like, don't mm-hmm. you think that's half the problem? I think that it depends on the... If you change the language like halfway... I feel like I've always we've always raised Jacob like this though like I just feel like I think that like he knows how disappointed I get when he doesn't try his hardest I don't think like he's harder on himself than I but am but you on him. won't truly know what his hardest is because in okay his, so failure's not an way, option I got a D minus we who but, cares but, but but here's the thing though you're you're like and, and granted I'm not picking on your parenting style you do think you do you I'll do me whatever right but the reality is here that or in this generation right where everybody gets trophies and everybody gets medals and listen i'm i'm one of the guys that hands out medals to all of our junior jaguars that are that are under eight right they get medals for participation absolutely they do it's a developmental program there is no competition in it because we can't there's there's no trophy to compete for Mm -hmm. right so we just give everybody medals and for some people that's perfect the people that understand right that their kid could be getting more or giving more mm-hmm. right they want them to to work harder than what they think they think they're capable of mm-hmm. and i think if if we tell kids just try your hardest right mm-hmm. in their brain their hardest is a, a 10 to them but what they their potential the hardest in their potential doesn't get reached because they think I just tried my hardest. No, because then I think it's your job as a parent to push them. Like, I would like to think that I would say, okay, well, you've reached this, Jacob, but I need to push you a little bit further. Like, you need to... And what if he replies, but this is my hardest? But then I can still say to him, I'm going to see if you can get even harder, if you can try harder. Because then I'm still pushing him. So what you really meant to say was, Jacob, try harder than your hardest. No, I'm saying like you can't plateau at your hardest. It's the same thing like with failure is not an option. Like you could plateau at a D minus. All you said that I didn't, you didn't want me to fail. D minus is not failing and it's the same argument. No, it's not the same argument because the failure puts a little bit more pressure on the kid to perform more than his quote unquote hardest because they know they're not supposed to, to they can't they can't let down the, the family. They can't fail the family. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're talking about different philosophies in, in raising kids and all that other stuff. And we don't 
believe it or not, everybody, we don't raise our kids dislike. Like we, we're pretty similar. We're similar, yeah. Right. The issue that I'm having and that I'm seeing, and I'm sure you are in the schools too, is this sense of entitlement to kids. If they try their hardest, they get it. And sometimes their hardest isn't good enough. I it, agree with that. But it needs to be more. But that's a different... But, but their whole a, entire life, they've been told, hey, if you try your hardest, you will achieve it all. Well, you, that's you know, the wrong message, though. But like, that's the message they get. It's it's implied. It, I know you didn't send it. No, right? I, but I'm saying like the message, but with my own kid, like I, I don't ever give him the message. If you try, you're going to succeed. We give him the message. If you try, you, it might, you might not. You might not succeed, but it's OK. You're going to keep trying. But the message that the kids are getting now in like school, a lot of these kids with the entitlement that you mentioned is, is if I try my hardest, I need an A. And that's a problem. Just because you try doesn't give you an A. Well, that's, but that's the message that's being started earlier in life. Right, because. If you, if you try your hardest, that's all we care about it. Hey, listen, if you did, if you did your best and you tried your hardest and you get it, you fail the class. Well, I mean, some kids are like, but I tried my hardest, but it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you send the message that, yes, we want you to try hard. What you think is hard is not good enough. Well, that is hard. <laughs> I mean, I have seen. That's I've had, the blend that, that people struggle with and it is and even like even if you sent the message failure is not an option and you see your kid trying their hardest and they fail because I've seen kids like really trying like and I've and I've even spoken with teachers that are like this kid tried and they tried and the the teachers will also often grace them a grade but or a pass but uh they shouldn't they didn't deserve it although they tried hard and for whatever reason that subject like math is a good example because a lot of the times math is really really hard like you get it or you don't get it until it clicks and you know it's hard but if you don't get the right answers and you try your hardest though and that mentality they're like eh, my parents can't be mad at me because i tried my hardest so but if you tried your hardest and you failed and your mentality was failure is not an option then you're saying my parents are going to be so disappointed at me even though i tried my hardest they're not going to believe me because Cor- i failed correct maybe i should try a little bit harder <laughs> but it's <laughs> what they're going to think is is i failed Maybe my hardest isn't hard enough. I should try a little bit harder. But you're, I'm never going to understand like quantum physics. I'm never going to understand that in a way that's going to make me get an A in a class. Probably not even pass a class. I had to get tutoring in college to get through physics. Like I can't understand the concepts of science. But I try hard. But, but maybe I, maybe not hard enough. Maybe see, I don't maybe think if that's you felt fair. failure wasn't an option, you would have tried harder. Oh. Please, if you know me, you know that I think for myself, a failure is not an option. Why is it okay for you? It's not okay for me. That That's something I need to change the narrative on for myself. Well, I guess we agree to disagree again. Again, I know. But I do think a lot of it is um, a parental issue, though. I do agree with that part. There's too much helicoptering, too much lawnmower, too many lawnmower parents. Well, I saw that meme the other day where, um, like, if something went wrong in the classroom back in 1980, um, the parent was yelling at the kid and then now in 2018 19 mm-hmm. now the the parent is yelling at the the teacher yeah and that's 100% true and in fact it's actually it's a breath of fresh air when a parent is saying well my kid just screwed up it's a breath of fresh air and that should not be the exception that should be the rule and but now and I know that you you're the same way with your kids like if Jacob gets in trouble my first thing is what did you do but I think that's the majority of teachers kids I think it is. Teachers, kids, I think the majority of the time, um, because 
the teacher understands and they get it, the majority of the time they're saying, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to the teacher. And if your stories don't match up, I'm going to believe the teacher. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know where that went wrong. I don't know. I don't know either. Like in the last, you know, 40 years, how it went wrong. Because I know if I said something like, hey, my teacher lost a paper or something like that. My dad would look at me and be like, you're a teacher. Right. Like how did the how did the profession get discredited enough to where they're listening to an eight-year-old kid over an adult? I don't really get how the shift <laughs> happened either. Was it in the 80s when, like, the 80s were the time of, like, self-esteem and feeling good about I mean, ourselves? I, I graduated high school in 95. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I don't know what the shift was in parenting, but it's drastic. I don't know why. What I, I wonder what happened that made parents soft. I thought I asked a question because I thought you had the solution. I'm I don't like, have the solution. Oh. <laughs> you don't have the solution. I don't. So how do you change that? I, well, okay. I think that schools... Besides having a podcast that says, please change. Yeah, please change. I think the schools need to stop enabling the parents, to be honest with you. Like, I think that we often do a poor job because we don't want the fight either. Because parents these days, they'll go straight up to the superintendent and we don't want that. And so we're like, okay, we'll do it. I think that we need to stop enabling and then it'll trickle down. Well, I, I, always, I always felt like... Uh... The superintendent was uh, a ghost. I know, right? I didn't know who the <laughs> nobody, superintendent was. Nobody knew who he was no. growing up. And, and like, you never saw him at things. You didn't even know. Like, he could have been sitting next to me, and I would have had no clue. Now, like, uh, the superintendent um, of our school district has Twitter, and, like, there's kids making comments on his Twitter page, and he's so much more accessible, which mm-hmm. is, in one version, great, and in another version, like... Not so great. No. No, He I needs know. to be that guy is a mystery right <laughs> you know if if you are talking to the superintendent um it's a big deal now every anyone can talk to that guy anybody can yeah yeah but i see like teachers all the time like they're like free, i don't want to and i don't blame them like i don't want to have this fight because the parent will then go to the administration the administration yeah, will then, the chain of the chain of command gets yeah, flown through so quick. it does and i can, and it's hard like it's hard to be in the classroom no matter what level you're at because you think okay what is this a battle worth fighting is this the sword i want to die on or it used to be like uh if the principal had a solution to the problem and you didn't like the solution to the problem it was like okay you can stay and enjoy the solution or leave right now it's all right now i'm gonna get the principal in trouble right and then if you don't like what the next person has to say Mm -hmm. now i'm gonna talk to the superintendent right you don't like what the next person has to say now you're going to channel four news Mm -hmm. it's true it's yep and it's hard to it's hard to be in the classroom it's hard to be an administrator it's hard to lead a building or a district when you're always thinking what if how are the like what's gonna happen if i do this like there's a lack of authority there's a lack of authority and there's a lack of like just doing the right thing regardless of whether the people want you to do it or not like if you're doing the right thing for the students sometimes that's not the right thing for the parents and that is an educational piece that needs to be brought into the schools thank you very much i'm here all night (laughs) all right so we're gonna wrap up and uh thank you for listening to this episode of random acts of conversation with scott and mo if you like what you hear please subscribe to us give us a five-star rating and a review Like our Facebook page and share with friends. And until next time, if you are a parent, don't don't be ignorant. Oh no! Yeah, don't be a helicopter parent if you're a parent. Yeah, (laughs) don't be a helicopter parent if you're a parent. (laughs) All right, out.